Welcome to the Thrive City Church Podcast. My name is Pastor Ben, and I'm so grateful that you have decided to check us out. At Thrive City Church, we want you to experience a thriving life with Jesus. Wherever you are listening from, we hope that you find this message hopeful and encouraging. Good morning, Thrive City Church. Good morning. Wherever you may be watching from this morning, I'm so glad that you have decided to join us. No matter who you are, no matter what you have been through, I truly do believe that you can find your people, your place, and your purpose here at Thrive City. But before we go any further, I just want to take a moment for you to share this video with a friend. Now, you could send them a text, you could share it to their wall, you could copy and paste the link, but I believe that God has a word for us this morning, and I don't want you or your friend to miss out. So just take a moment right now, even as I'm talking, and share this video with a friend. Uh, We're going to be talking about thankfulness, contentment, and gratitude, and I'm going to make a bold claim this morning This morning, I'm going to tell you part of God's will for your life. Ooh, shoot. All right. As you probably know, this is no secret. Thanksgiving is this week. We already talked about it a little bit at the beginning of our service this morning, talking about our favorite Thanksgiving foods. But Thanksgiving is this week. Can you believe it? Already, time flies when there is no semblance of normalcy. But uh, personally, I love Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is one of my favorite holidays. Uh, As you might be able to tell, I love the food. I love the friends. uh, I love the time spent together. Thanksgiving is just one of those holidays that, that you can't miss. It's so much fun. However, Every single Thanksgiving, there's always that one time that I find just a little bit uncomfortable. And you might might know exactly what I'm going to talk about. This is the time when you, your friends, your family, whoever it might be, you're gathered around the Thanksgiving dinner table. And all of a sudden, somebody says, hey, let's take a moment. Let's go around the table and share what we are thankful for. And in that moment, you quickly shovel a bunch of food in your mouth, hoping that that you will be last in line so that you have time to think about what you're going to to say. And in these moments, I think for the majority of us, we don't necessarily have a shortage of things that we're thankful for, right? For the majority of us, you know, even though we're in the midst of a pandemic, for the majority of it, we have things in our life that we can be thankful for. But in that moment when we're put on the spot, it can be really hard to think of something. There's this tension that we feel. You know, and even when we have things that we can be thankful for, that we're, we're maybe generally in good health, perhaps we still have a job, even in the midst of everything going on, it could be hard to think of something that we're thankful for. But what happens if, if your life really is a mess? And somebody asks you this question, hey, it's Thanksgiving, what are you thankful for? You know, what are the things in your life that you are grateful for? And you kind of look around and you take a quick inventory of your life and you're like, man, man, I really don't know. What am I supposed to be thankful for right now? You know, life feels so chaotic and out of control. And maybe in the moment, even if you can think of something that you're thankful for, you can't shake this feeling of fear that something is going to go wrong. 
And I, I truly believe that this tension that we feel isn't unique to Thanksgiving or those conversations that we have around the dinner table. You know, when things in our lives are going well, we jump really quickly to taking the credit for all of our hard work that we put in. But when things aren't going well, all of a sudden we jump to blaming God for everything that we're going through. It seems like humanity has a really difficult time separating our satisfaction from the state of our situation. Right? Our feelings of gratitude or thankfulness are rooted in our emotions and in our experiences. So when we look at our lives and, and it's a mess and it's chaotic, we have a really hard time coming up with things that we're thankful for or that we're grateful for. But when things are going good, we take all the credit and we leave God out of the picture. So in times like this, it can be really hard to be thankful, to be, to be grateful, to be truly content when it seems like all we have felt over the past year is loss. How can I be thankful when I've been out of work for months? How can I be content when the dreams and the plans that I have made for this year, for 2020, have completely been tossed out the window? How can I calm my soul when all I see is chaos? Well, this morning, we're going to take a look at two different passages of Scripture that share a very similar message. But before we do that, I just want to open up our time together in prayer. Jesus, we thank you for this moment. We thank you for this time that we are able to spend together in your presence. I thank you for each and every person who is either watching or listening this morning. I know that you have great plans in store for their lives. And Holy Spirit, we ask this morning that you would guide us, that you would enlighten us, that you would lead us each and every day to experience a thriving life with Jesus. In your precious name we pray. Amen. So this morning I'm reading two different really short passages. I'm going to put them right up on the screen. The first one that we are going to be reading is found in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. We're going to be reading verses 16 to 18. It says this. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So good, so short, so sweet. There's no reason why all of us should not have this passage memorized. It's so short, I'm going to read it again. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. The second passage that we're going to be reading is a very similar passage, and this is out of the book of Philippians chapter 4, beginning in verse 4, and I'm going to read to verse 7. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. 
So both of these passages that we just read, uh, both from 1 Thessalonians and Philippians, they are personal letters written by the Apostle Paul to the churches at Philippi and Thessalonica. Now these churches were churches that Paul had helped start on his different journeys. If you don't know anything about Paul, he was an early church leader, and what he did is he would travel around and he would begin to start churches, much like we have started Thrive City Church. Now, we have the internet, we have modern technology that we can keep in touch with one another, but what the Apostle Paul would do was write these letters to these churches to admonish them, to encourage them, and to exhort these young churches. Now, oftentimes, we like to romanticize the early church. We read through the book of Acts and we hear all these stories about the growing church and we can always think to ourselves, like, if only life was like it was back then. We romanticize the stories about the early church. But they were just like us and we are just like them. So like any church or group of people, there were disagreements, there were difficulties, there were different points of view that kind of rose up within the church. And what the Apostle Paul would do is he would write these letters to them to help guide them towards unity and not division. As the church was growing, he would write these letters to help instruct them in the way that they should go. Now, oftentimes in these letters, the Apostle Paul would encourage them to rejoice even in the midst of suffering. And that's what we want to talk about this morning. How can we find contentment? How can we find gratitude and thanksgiving in whatever situation of life we are in? So in verse 16, in the, the passage in 1 Thessalonians that we read, it's a super short verse. It just says, rejoice always. That's all it is. Rejoice always. And then in Philippians, kind of the, the corresponding verse says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Now, to rejoice means to be glad, to be joyful, to be delighted. Here in Scripture, we are being commanded to rejoice. Now, you might be thinking to yourself, well, that, that doesn't help. Like, it doesn't help for somebody to just tell me to be happy, to have joy, to be grateful. Like, you can't just tell me to rejoice and all of a sudden I'm going to do it. Well, it's because we have a flawed understanding of what it means to rejoice and really joy as a whole. This concept of, of always rejoicing in any situation or circumstance is difficult for us to grasp because we see joy as an emotion, not a mindset. I'll say that again. We see joy as an emotion and not a mindset. So one of the takeaways that I want you to have from our talk this morning, and if you're taking notes, you can write this down. Joy, true joy, comes from our position and not from our possessions. Many of us, we, we have this tendency to find our joy in the things that we have. So even just this week, if you follow me on social media, uh, you might have seen that I posted a picture of this leather bag that I have. I'm a huge fan of things that are made of, of leather. I bought this bag when I was in seminary. And <laughs> this sounds really silly 
for me to say it out loud, but I'm going to say it anyway, because I'm sure that you have felt a similar thing. When I was first shopping for this bag, I knew that I wanted a high quality leather bag that I could hand down to my children. I was looking at this bag. I found it on the website and I began to think about how much better my life would be with this leather bag. Right? It sounds ridiculous, but you know exactly what I'm talking about. You kind of play in your head these different scenarios and how much better life would be. But you know what? It's a fine bag, but it's just a bag. The joy that I felt unboxing the bag for the first time quickly wore off, and now it's just a bag that carries my computer, my Bible, my notes. This joy... This joy that we're commanded in scripture to have and to embody is not the joy that we have come to understand. It doesn't come from our possessions or the things that we have. Joy is not an emotion evoked by, by well-being or success or good fortune or having all the things that we want. Joy is a mindset. It is a deeply seated confidence that God is in control of everything for our good and for his glory. Now you might be asking yourself, well, how do I achieve this mindset? The things that you're saying sound great, but how do I achieve this mindset of joy where I can always rejoice in every season or situation? Well, the Apostle Paul, in just these short verses, he actually tells us. In verse 17 in the, in the passage in Thessalonians, he says this, pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. And in the passage in Philippians, he says, do not be anxious about everything, about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. Now, again, this is another verse that you might be thinking to yourself, how am I supposed to do that? I can barely stay awake to pray for a little bit before I go to bed. How am I supposed to pray without ceasing and never stopping? I, I have a hard enough time remembering to pray before I eat. How am I supposed to pray nonstop, especially when I don't feel like it? Now, really quickly, I just want to encourage you. If you're thinking that right now, it's really easy to look at the spiritual lives of others and to think that they have it all together. That, wow, they must wake up at four in the morning and spend three hours in prayer before they get up for the day. They have everything together. I'll never be like them. I just want to encourage you that that is not the case. All of us struggle with this principle. Finding time to pray. What the Apostle Paul is really driving home in these really short passages is he's encouraging us to regularly spend time in intentional prayer. Because when we do that, we are developing, we are strengthening our relationship with God. Because a, a perspective of continual prayer and communication with God instills within us a posture of humility. Now, what I mean by that is, is in our prayers, in our conversations with God, he, all, he obviously knows what is going to happen. He obviously knows what is going on. But our prayer, our willingness to come before him in prayer with our thoughts and our anxiety and our worries, it shows our obedient submission to his will. So our perspective of prayer instills within us a posture of humility. 
So this is the second point that I want you to take away from this morning. Trust the Savior, not the situation. I'll say that again. I, I made it catchy so you could remember it, so you could write it down, so you could tweet it. Trust the Savior, not the situation. When we live our lives being consciously dependent on God for guidance, we learn to place our trust in him and not the situations that we find ourselves in. Our faith needs the proper foundation. Now, I'm going to pick on some of the people on our team real quick. Uh, Liz, if you are watching this, I'm going to pick on you. Liz is an engineer. She works, uh, well, I can't even tell you what she does because it's all beyond my understanding. But I specifically remember a conversation that we had where we started talking about the different foundations of buildings and the fact that Destiny USA the mall here in Syracuse, for those of you that don't know, Destiny USA is actually nationally known because of its foundation. It's a really unique setting because it's so close to the lake. In order to build a proper foundation for the mall, Liz, I should have had you come and tell this because I, I can't exactly remember what they did, but it's like a floating foundation. Liz, correct me in the comments if I'm wrong. But the foundation for the mall, they had to approach it intentionally and specifically to ensure that it had a firm foundation. That, that when, when the ground uh, moved or, or changed or shifted, the mall would stand secure. So by having an attitude and a mindset of prayer, we are posturing ourselves to have the proper foundation for our faith. Does that, does that make sense? Do you see how that connects? The Apostle Paul is not saying that I want you to pray all day, every day. You can't shut your eyes because you're going to crash your car, but you still have to pray. No, he's saying continuously be in communication with God. Be submitting yourself obediently to his will, making sure that you have a proper foundation for your faith. The Apostle Paul continues on in this next verse, in verse 18. He says, give thanks in all circumstances. Give thanks in all circumstances. And in Philippians, he says, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. The psalmist in the book of Psalms, chapter 34, says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Again, you might be thinking to yourself, that sounds great on paper, but you don't know my life. You haven't lived the life that I have lived. You have not been through the things that I have been through. If only you knew what happened behind the scenes, there is no way that you would tell me to give thanks in all circumstances. That's true. I don't know what you have been through. I don't know the things that have happened in your life, but I do know this. We can't always give thanks for all circumstances, but we can give thanks in all circumstances. It's a very subtle difference. <clears throat> Gets me emotional every single time. We cannot give thanks for all circumstances. All of us in our lives are going to go through difficult seasons and situations. And we can't always give thanks for that. God, I, I can't give you thanks for the COVID-19 pandemic, right? No, that would, be, that would be silly. That would be foolish for me to give thanks for that. But in the midst of that, I can continue to give thanks for the things that God is doing. So how do we give thanks in all circumstances? 
Well, gratitude, gratitude, this feeling of thanksgiving is an action and an attitude. It's something that we do. It's something that we embody. So the third point that I want, to re- I want you to remember this morning, again, if you're taking notes, write it down, is this. Our contentment is rooted in our conviction, not our circumstance. Our contentment is rooted in our conviction and not our circumstance. True biblical contentment is a conviction that Christ's power, his purpose, and his provision is sufficient in every circumstance. So we as Christians are to learn how to walk through all different kinds of difficulty and adversity, believing in and experiencing Christ's sufficiency. Our contentment is rooted in that conviction that God can and will work on our behalf. Our our contentment is rooted in that. It flows from that and not the circumstances that we find ourselves in. So this week, as we celebrate Thanksgiving, I encourage you to choose gratitude. I know that sounds cheesy. Choose gratitude. Choose a mindset and a lifestyle of thanksgiving in all circumstances. Choose to be continuously prayerful. Choose to rejoice. You might have heard the saying before, but it's, it's super catchy and I love it. Be a thermostat and not a thermometer. Be a thermostat and not a thermometer. A thermometer simply responds to and reflects the temperature in the room that it's in. But a thermostat controls the temperature. So this week at, at Thanksgiving, perhaps uh, you're gathering with a small group, you know, a, a limited number of family, and you're in that moment where everybody's going around the room and they're choosing to say what they are thankful for. In that moment, don't just be a, a, a thermometer where you, you just kind of look around and you, you kind of respond with what other people are talking about. Be a thermostat. You have the power and the authority to change the temperature in that room by expressing how truly thankful you are for the things that God has done. This carries over more than thanksgiving. It, it, it carries over into every aspect of your life where you can choose to set the temperature by choosing gratitude. Having a joyful and a prayerful and a thankful mindset is something that God commands of us. And this attitude of gratitude is able to set the tone for our lives. Now, the same principle applies to us as a church, as Thrive City Church. I want to boldly say this morning that we will be a church that rejoices, that chooses to be continuously prayerful, that chooses to give thanksgiving in all circumstances. We will be a church that rejoices. We will be a church that is thankful. We will be a church that is known for the things that we are for, the things that we stand for, and not just the things that we stand against. In the book of Philippians, if you continue to read further than we did this morning, Paul continues by saying, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. So this morning, I want to, I want to remind you that Thrive City Church can withstand any season or circumstance when we find our strength in Jesus. Amen? Amen? So whatever 
the next couple weeks or months look like for us as a church. I want nothing more than for us to gather together as a body and worship together in person, but that might not happen for a while. And that is okay. We can withstand any season or circumstance because we know that God has called us to this. We will rejoice. We will be thankful. We will be content and satisfied in any season because we have confidence in our calling. Amen? Amen. So as we close, I want to make sure to give you an opportunity this morning to respond. Uh, Maybe this morning God has been speaking to you and he's been showing you that perhaps you haven't had the proper mindset. Maybe you need to be more thankful, more grateful. Maybe you need to work on your posture of prayer. Or maybe this morning you're realizing that you've never been given the opportunity to say yes to Jesus, to make a conscious decision to begin a lifelong relationship with him. If that's you this morning, I would love to pray with you right now. So if that's you, would you pray this with me? Jesus, I thank you for the things that you have done and the things that you are continuing to do. And I thank you that that I cannot earn or deserve your love, that you gave your life for mine. I thank you for dying on the cross in my place. I thank you for your resurrection, showing that you have defeated sin and death. And Jesus, I thank you for the new life that you so freely offer. I ask that you would lead me, that you would guide me, that you would do a work in and through my life. Make me into the person that you would want me to be. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. If that was you this morning and you prayed to say yes to Jesus and to start a thriving relationship with him, I would love to connect with you. I would love to help empower you on the next steps of your journey. It's really easy to get a hold of me. Just text the word THRIVE to 94000. We'll put it right up on the screen there. But I would love to connect with you. Well, church, next week starts our Christmas series. We're going to be talking about Advent, about Christmas. It's going to be an exciting time spent together. I also want to give you the heads up that next week we are going to take communion together. So this is your one week warning. Next week, just all you need if you want to participate in communion with us is just a little bit of bread, a little bit of juice, really any substitute will do. B-Y-O-J, bring your own juice. But it's going to be a good time. This is going to be the first time that we are celebrating communion together as a church, and I believe that it will be special. All right, I appreciate you. I love you guys. No matter who you are, no matter what you have been through, I believe that God is doing a work in your life. Thanks for joining us this morning. Thank you so much for listening today. We want to empower you to take the next step towards a thriving life with Jesus. If you're looking to get more connected, head over to our website, thrivecity.church connect. Tell us a little bit more about yourself and we would love to connect with you. 